What's going on, good people? It's your host, the one and only John of the Giant, welcoming you to the Giant Fundamentals podcast, where we bridge the gap between sports, mental health, and life. Coach Paul, man, thank you so much for taking your time out on this glorious Sunday to be with me here, to be with us, you know, the people listening on on exactly what you do, who you are, how you affect change as a, a young black male. And um, I've been looking forward to this opportunity because from the first time that we had our conversation, meeting each other off IG, I was like, yo, it was, my wife likes to say, uh, some people are just kindred spirits. And I feel like you're, you're a kindred spirit. Like we're just in alignment in a lot of our philosophies and our beliefs when it comes to um, men and when it comes to black men specifically and you know emotional intelligence so on and so forth so I just want to say man thank you so much for being on here and being willing to share absolutely man it's a pleasure appreciate you having me I have definitely definitely so um, man just tell tell the people exactly what do you do so I am you know I go by the label power coach right but in uh in uh in the real world, as I would say, it's uh it's player development, right? Um honestly I do it with, you know, it's all men in general, but I I work in the, the athletic space in particular, um doing, you know, what we call healthy manhood, right? Uh started uh as a you know college player, then on wanted to, you know, went to be a college coach and I wanted to, you know, do more with the guys, right? Very similar to what Dion's doing in Colorado, right? You know, and he gets to do it from the coaching seat, right? But I knew, you know, being an assistant coach, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to be involved more to teach them more past, you know, being able to backpedal, being able to play play the game. So, you know, I kind of just went on a mission. You know, we, we brought in some different programs and, you know, it piqued my interest, particularly around um, domestic violence and sexual assault. Right. I felt like that was a gap that we weren't really being taught. Right. We weren't really taught about relationships and, you know, how the things that we've been taught as men um, affect those relationships. So, you know, I just went into it full fledged. And then once I realized that gap and I learned as much as I could, I was like, oh, I got to bring it back to the athletic space, man. And, it, you know, it's been great. You know, I started out, you know, just on my own. Then I started contracting with. An organization out of New York called A Call to Men, who's been in space for about 20 years, right? Doing work with all professional sports and collegiate sports, so on and so forth. So when they brought me in, man, it was just, you know, hit the ground running. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's just been on ever since. You know? Amazing. That's, no, that's, that's powerful because, you know, and that's the thing I feel like what I was saying before, it's why we connected. It's because, you're taking something that is like ultra important important for men and we don't realize it, which is knowing how to manage your emotions in a healthy way in order to be able to build healthy relationships, not just like as boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, but as a father, mm -hmm. as a son, you know, as a friend, as a nephew, right? Mm -hmm. And I think specifically in the athletic space, those things are not praised because, 
let's be real. Like whoever runs the fastest, who can catch the most, who can jump the highest, who can make the most shots. Those are people who are praised and everything else is kind of like, yeah, that's your own business. Like, right. Right. Absolutely. You know, so for you to take that initiative is man, you're a trailblazer. Like, like this, that's big for the next generation coming up. So something that you said that caught my attention, you said you started to do it on your own, mm -hmm. right? but then you said, oh, wait a minute, I need to take this to the athletic space. Right. So was it, what is it specifically that made you realize that I just don't need to do this for men, but I need to do this for men in the athletic space? Oh, no, that's a great question. So what we realize is, is that um, we intentionally target men of influence, right? Okay. You talk about a college campus, when you talk about, you know, high school, even in the professional world, these are men that other men look up to, right? So targeting them, and, not, and, and we do it in a way, this is not an indictment on men, right? Something that our co-founder says, it's an, an invitation to a conversation. Mm, right the, the reality behind it is us as men we don't hold each other accountable as it pertains to relationship right we, we might hold each other accountable in other spaces but as it pertains to relationship like you said that's his business you know let him figure that out so when we started to uh, approach these topics it was more under the guise that if these men could show up like this and they they may have the most influence on a campus they might have the most influence as it pertains to, you know, because sports is a universal language, right? Um, that they could change the paradigm as it relates to manhood, right? And again, there's some great things about being a man. We love, you know, we love uh, what comes with being a man, but there's some things that we learned along the way that has set us up, right? And I, I joke around and I say, you know, we've been taught to be relationally unsuccessful, right? We're just kind of trying to figure it out as we go. Right. And not really knowing some of those things that we've been programmed to socialize to 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 act like. Right. So once we kind of break down those those layers, we really get into the crust of, you know, men really want deep, meaningful relationships. We might not act like that, but at the crust of who we are as a human, we want to be connected to other people. Right. Now, that shows up different because in order to do so, we got to be vulnerable. Right. And vulnerability is not something that we associate with being a man. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of little pieces and nuances in there that we take a deeper dive at. And we and we look at why, you know, men are almost four times more likely to commit suicide than women. Right. We look at the stats and we look at the abuse, you know, that that is, as you know, just not just on women, but on men also. Right. Like there's so many people that died at the hands of men. Right. So why is why is this, you know, and when we look at it, we've been taught to 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 express ourselves through anger, through aggression, through violence. Right. If I told you to watch a movie, I like, yo, that movie's hitting, bro. Like you probably would think there's some action in there somewhere. There's some violence in there somewhere. Right. So when we think about that and we think about the different things that we learned to be as men, it's naturally aggressive. We actually call men who aren't aggressive, you know, simps or you know, whatever other terms that we come up with, right? But on the field or in on the court or whatever sport we're playing, it's great to be aggressive, right? In business, it can be aggressive, but we never really learn to turn that off, right? I can't be aggressive with my kids or my wife. You get what I'm saying? I can't be aggressive 
with my grandma, so on and so forth. So there's different there's different times where that it's okay to show up like that in the space, but not always, right? And and you know we kind of got to peel back those layers as to why we've always been taught to show up that way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's key, man. That's key because one thing. Well, you said a lot of different things that really stuck out to me. But the I guess the foundation of how you and your organization does things is let's target those with the highest influence. Right. Get them, then we can get everybody else, which is very, I mean, that's, to me, that's just, that's logical. That's just smart. You know, it'll be a trickle down effect because everybody's looking to that, to that person. Some other things that you said, like <laughs> I, I make music. So I have this song that I created around like growing up in the hood. And for me, I was that kid that on the outside, I was acting like I was rough and tough. And I was, you know, I was just, you know, I was, I just couldn't, I just couldn't be messed with. Like I was just very aggressive, but on the right. inside, man, I was scared as hell. Right. I was afraid. Like I just wanted protection. I, I wanted to feel safe, but my environment told me, uh-uh. You can't be expressing those type of feelings. You got to be like this. So in the song, I say, you know, uh, be rough, be tough. Ain't no time to joke around. No laughs, no games. We gonna surely smoke your town. Because mm -hmm. as men, that's what we, it's like, yo, nah, we just got to be tough. We got to be this. And I feel like a big part of being an athlete deals with just being one way. Just, you got to be aggressive. You got to be demonstrative. You know, so I want to know with coming into a culture of sports like that, right, where it's highly competitive, how do you bridge the gap between competition and mm -hmm. infusing compassion? Right. So, you know, when we look at it, right, um, we've been taught early on to be competitive, right? I can run faster than you. I can jump higher than you. But when we get a little older, those metrics change, right? And that competition is rate is 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 almost positioned against our manhood, mm, right? So we're now though though before we're 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 gauging whether or not we're man enough based off of if I can put points on the board, right? Then that that metric changes whether we're saying I got more girls than you, I got more money than you, I'm doing this more than you, because men are unconscious permission seekers. We're almost in a position where we have to continue to prove that we're man enough and not really understanding that this is not this is not a competition to be a man. You get what I'm saying? But because we've been ingrained to be competitive, everything is almost like. If I don't do this, then I'm not a, I'm not man enough. If I don't do this because we're talk, constantly talking, you, you know, be man up, man up. You know, so what is this man up thing? Right. How do we get that man up metric? When have we know we've arrived as men? Right. And, you know, the crazy part is it's not just men that hold us accountable to that. Women hold us accountable to that, too. Right. And and sometimes even more than men, because they've been taught the same thing that we've been taught about. Let, what me, a man you, be. let me tell you something about that. You hit yeah. on the, the nail on the head. Why? Because as a therapist, seeing mm -hmm. other men, yo, men would tell me like, yo, I be wanting to open up to my girl, but she be clowning me because she's saying I shouldn't be soft. I shouldn't feel this. So I was like, wow. So toxic masculinity doesn't just come from a man. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of times women pump that into to men. Not only that, on top of that, you think about the structure of the home where the father is not present and the mom feels as if, man, I have to be mom and dad. Now, right. a lot of times the mother would feel as if, yo, I got to make sure my son is not soft. Like he can be able to like, you know, push through things. So now the mother cuts off that nurturing, caring side of her and pushes this, this narrative and these mm-hmm. principles on the son. Like, no, don't cry. Got to be this. Got to be that. Right. You know? And so what you're saying that I'm like, man, that that's that's <laughs> that's so spot on, man. That is so spot on. So like what has been your biggest challenge trying to get this message across to athletes? Honestly, um understanding like the athletes that the crazy part, we create a safe space for them to really discuss how they feel. It's not a like a presentation. It's more of a dialogue, right? And we're going down different scenarios of how this shows up, right? And, and like, I don't think we ever question why we operate like this, right? It's just something that we did, something that was never, you know, um, on the table for discussion. Like, this is how men are, right? But when we really peel back the layers, they begin to see, so there's this, thing that we call a relationship to knowing right and the last piece i thought i know i thought i knew but i was wrong right and and some of manhood we're doing things just out of programming we're doing things just off of autopilot right this is how i've been taught to show up so when we go back to like you said who who you really were right i I, you came off as tough because you had to be that was your environment right that's you know the people around you if you were vulnerable they probably would have ate you up right so once you got out of that space and you got around people that, you know, and I, we, we're big on what we call like building your bubble, right? Building your building your team, people that you can be your true self with, people that you can be authentic with, right? And you don't have to pretend. You see what I'm saying? Because they're not going to use that vulnerability against you, right? The, the toughest part, and to get to your question, is number one, you know, people who make these decisions to bring us in and stuff like that, finding it as important. Mm-hmm. right because you know you know it's mandatory training at the end of the day you know that a college has to have you know and different athletics have to have but defining the importance in it you get what i'm saying like this is this is life-changing stuff we're talking about at the end of the day but then on the, on the other side of it when, when we're looking at it um understanding that like man it's it's lifelong work it's not like oh one time you, you know brings in one time these are these are you're peeling back, you know, generations of training. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're 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 seeing guys open up, you're seeing guys be vulnerable in that space, but then they got to go back into a world that knows nothing about what we're talking about. That's gonna hold them to the same account that we talked about in the beginning, where your mom treated you a certain way. The environment makes you want to be tough. So you're constantly battling. You know, how do I have to show up? I can't really be who I really am because if I am, you know, uh, I get perceived a certain way, right? I get, you know, so it's really being comfortable within yourself and understanding that, you know, find your tribe, find your bubble, find out, you know, people. And again, your vulnerability isn't for everybody, right? That's the reality, right? You want to figure out who you are, how you can show up, 
but also have that, you know, that small circle of people where you could, you know, you know, just be yourself around. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great because as you say it, I go back to what you said before, you know, we, we try to tackle the ones who have the most influence, but then also coming into a program, an athletic program, the program director, the AD, the coach, they mm -hmm. have to see this thing as important. And if they don't, that can be a big challenge for real. If they just checking off a box, right. that could be challenging for real. So tell me, how did you actually like get started in going to all of these different schools and all these different things? How did you actually get started? Like, what was the thing for you personally? Like, like what was the click for you? Like, oh man, like something's wrong with me and mm -hmm. I see something wrong with everybody else and I need to, this is what I need to do. Oh, uh, like I said, when we brought in that first program uh, and it was my introduction to uh, domestic violence and sexual assault, right? And kind of all the little nuance. Because when I say domestic violence and sexual assault, that sounds so harsh, right? You think, you know, somebody, you know, a man beating a woman or, you know, someone being raped, right? But there's so many other little nuances under that, right? There's so many things. And if we're honest with ourselves, in some way, shape, or form, we've been violent towards women, right? Whether that's by words, whether that's by actions, it doesn't necessarily, you know, majority of men are not violent at, at all, uh, whether that's, you know, physically, verbally, emotionally, uh, psychologically, financially, right? But what we are is, what we are um, is silent to the men that are causing the violence. So we unconsciously co-sign it. Right. If you and me are neighbors, right, and I hear you and your wife fighting at night, when I see you in the driveway in the morning, I'm saying, "Hey, man, you saw the game last night." Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, man, good to see you. I'm not going to challenge you on that. You get what I'm saying? Because again, oh, that's his business, right? So what what happens is we un we unconsciously let the minority of men continue to violence against women, right? For instance, right? Let's say an institution. Um, you know, there's a player there and he caused some violence, right? So after, you know, investigation happens and they kick him out, guess where he's going? To another school. You get what I'm saying? We yeah. don't do the work with that man. We don't, We although we, he might've had to deal with his consequences, he doesn't get, you know, so part of what we do is what we call hope and healing for men, right? We don't throw men away. We don't say, oh, he's a bad man. Da, da, da. Like, Based off of what he's been taught, this is his actions, right? And if he could get taught something different, if he could acknowledge his wrongs and say, you know what, I can do better, then guess what? He could be a better man. That violence doesn't happen anymore. You get what I'm saying? But if I, if we just like, oh, all the bad men, okay, we just throw them away. You get what I'm saying? So a part of, you know, where I stood was that I was seeing young men trip up. You get what I mean? I was, but they just didn't know. A lot of, a lot of the education. Again, I go back to what I said. You know, we've been set up to be relationally unsuccessful, unfortunately. So if we could begin to teach, like when I learned this stuff as an adult male who was married and had a child, I was like, oh my god, like this is crazy, right? So I'm looking at these young kids, even though they're in college. I realized, man, they don't know. They don't. They don't know the situations that they're getting getting into they might think that they know but if i'm realizing this now at at 27 28 right when i started right 
I knew a 17 year old, 18 year old didn't know. So I had to step in. I said, I can't teach you all the other stuff. I want to teach you character development, this and that. If I don't touch this part first, right? So, you know, once I found that, once I once I realized that and came to that realization, I was like, there's there's no way I can do anything else athletically unless I'm talking about this. Mm. So is that is it does is this birth? Is this birth from like personal experience, like? Did you witness domestic violence growing up, or did you like? Did you feel a certain type of way, like emotionally? Like, where, where, where does the seed? Where's the seed here? Gotcha. So for me personally, you know, growing up, you know, uh, in the African household, right? Um, you know, there's a certain, um, <laughs> there's a certain type of culture that we come from, right? And I'm not gonna say it's abusive. I'm not gonna say it's this and that, you know, or the third. But I, I've seen a lot of things as a child. Right. And I kind of base my marriage off of all the things I see as a child and try to do the opposite. Right. But the reality is, you know, if any if any son could wake up and see his mother crying. It changes his heart forever. You get what I'm saying? If you if you, you know, it, it does something to you. You might not know what to do, but, you know, if given a chance, you would do something. Right. So how many sons out there are witnessing their mother suffer? How many, you know, young men out there will go on to be husbands and fathers and be in a position to 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 actually hurt someone? And right. I, if I could change that. Yeah, go ahead. Let me, let me put some flesh on those yeah. bones, bro. I just started seeing just to let me back up just to bring what you're saying into like a real life account mm -hmm. just this week. Mm -hmm. just started seeing a, a black male been married for about 12 13 years 34 years old uh have four kids and you know what he told me he, he's having issues with his wife being emotionally present mm -hmm. he told me a story about how when he was younger his stepfather left his mom was dating a guy and he didn't know what was going on he mm -hmm. he just came into the room and he saw the man over his mom he didn't hit her or anything, but the, his mom was just crying. He said he automatically went to the kitchen, got a knife, and pinned the guy up against the wall with the knife on his throat. Mm -hmm. And when we dug deeper, right, mm -hmm. we we realized that there was two things going on there. One thing, but two layers, which is he was trying to protect, right? He didn't know what was going on with his mom. He just saw her crying, so he got into protection mode. So based off what you're saying is like, you, you, you come into a room, you see your mom crying. You don't know why, but it does change you forever. For sure. Right? So at that point in time, he pins the guys up on the wall. He has the knife on his throat. He's trying to protect his mom. So what he does is in his mind, he's like, yo, I'm protecting my mom. But now this spirals into something, into his adulthood, because now he's trying to also protect himself in mm -hmm. a way of shutting down and not being vulnerable so he doesn't experience the pain that his mom experienced. Mm. So it's like... These things that what you're talking about, like as far as like the school, you know, the kid messes up, he does whatever, and he just he just goes off to another school. The cycle is going to continue to repeat itself if we don't address these things at like a micro level. It's not enough to just punish, give sanctions, kick out the school. Oh, that's nothing. Like there needs to be deep work, like what you you and your organization is doing in order to get to the core, so that true transformation can transpire because like you said 
Yo, we're programmed this way. Right. All of us are programmed this way. So when you said that, I was like, man, that story just came to my mind. It's like, yes, this is exactly what happens. This is exactly what happens. So the last question I want to ask you is, moving forward, how far do you see this going with you in this work? How? What's your ultimate vision? Mm. I know this is hard to say, but it's like, you know, um, do you do you have a daughter at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah, right. And you know what most men fear is taking their daughter off to college, or the day that their daughter moves out and has to go live on her own. We fear that day because unconsciously we know who men are. Mm. We we know who we are. You get what I'm saying? So if we could create a culture where women are women feel valued and safe, right? And we throw around, oh, you know, you got to be an alpha male. You got to be red pill. You got to be all that. Like, that's that's low vibration. That's, you know, part of the game. You know, a man's been hurt in the relationship. So now he got to act a certain way and treat women a certain way. The reality, again, I go back to, you know, us wanting deep, meaningful relationship. The reality is men don't trust women with their emotions, and I'm not saying that just from a relationship standpoint, just like, you know, being a young kid and that mother tell you to, you know, stop crying like a little girl. Right. The reality, we weren't ever given a space to just be human since we were little, since we were able to get on the school bus. They've been telling us to stop crying. That's not what men do. Well, in reality, that's what humans do. If I'm hurt. Right. My natural response to intense emotion is to cry. But we 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 put men in a box and we say, this is how you got to act. Right. So we never really a, develop an emotional fluency. This is why men and women disconnect. Right. And not to say women are emotional, but they have a level of emotional fluency that we don't have. So in reality, it's another language that we don't understand. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. They're speaking another language. So when we're thinking logically and, and this makes sense. And they're they're thinking from a different vantage point. We cannot even relate because we're not even in that language. We're not speaking that language. We don't know what it feels like. So if you, you know your wife's telling you, or you know for that for the guy that who's, you know, has to deal with that emotional you know thing, and, and that's what that's what we do. We can shut down in a minute to not feel. We cut off whatever we don't want to feel. We cut it off. We shut it down. We you know what? I ain't even gonna deal with it. Right. And it hurts us in relationship because to be in a relationship with someone means now I got to open up something or start learning the language that I ain't never really know about. <laughs> so it takes time for us to, to really get there. You see what I'm saying? And in the reality, man, it's like I want to create a culture where when my daughter becomes an adult, I'm not worried about men taking advantage of her. I'm not worried about, you get what I'm saying? To try to create a culture where Man, men understand that I got to be human first. I don't have to ascribe to this manhood thing and this red pill thing and all this and that. That, you know, men and women understand that we could just be human and I'm not holding you to this metric or this standard of manhood and so on and so forth. But I can show up who I, I authentically am, right? So wow. that's my hope, yeah. Ah, that's that's heavy, man. That is, yes. <laughs> 
is just the way you're speaking, man. That's why I said, like, yo, we connected immediately because these are my exact same thoughts, man. So let, let the people know, man, where they can find you, where can they connect with you, where can they reach out to you? Absolutely. Uh, my handle is uh, Power Coach Paul, but uh, you can also find me at a call to men, uh, at a, you know, calltomen.org. Uh, you know, we're doing create, you know, amazing work within that space, not just athletics, right? We we do, you know, military, corporate, so on and so forth, collegiate, you know, so um doing a ton of work there around, you know, healthy, healthy manhood, right? Healthy manhood. That's that's our uh our spiel, should I say. Uh, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yo, Coach Paul, I appreciate you, man, on this Sunday morning gracing us with your wisdom and your experience. And I just want to encourage you, man, keep doing the work, bro. It is, isn't, it lights me up. Like it, it's inspiring for me to know that, okay, I'm not the only one out here, like literally trying to push the envelope to making men more aware of their emotions and just being human, being human first. Powerful stuff, man. And um, definitely appreciate you, bro. Uh, keep up the good work and let's get back at it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if this episode inspired you in any way, please subscribe and share it to as many athletes, coaches, and performers as possible. And this concludes today's episode. But before we go, remember the man that says he can and the man that says he can't are both right. Which one are you? Have a good one, and I'll see you next time.